Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Shotgun Start. Today is Friday, April 28th. Shane, how you doing? Hi Andy, how are you? I'm uh I'm swell. I'm just uh I'm you know, I'm I'm great actually. I one of my pet peeves is Milwaukee Bucks fans. I I can't stand them. I think <laughs> I've I've said this on on the podcast before. They are they are all Bulls fans from the 90s. Now, just like masquerading as these diehard Bucks fans who did not support their their franchise during that time, and and now they just like act like, oh well, we've got Giannis, uh, we we are the uh, we're the greatest team, and you know, it, it's just so. Listen, I love Giannis. I love watching him play basketball. I think he's an incredible competitor, but I just really enjoyed Jimmy Butler giving it to him. Uh, and and arguably the worst one seed loss of all time. You don't think there were a lot of Michael Red jerseys at Fiserv in that in that in that moment in that game? They were probably weren't floating around a lot. Um, as someone that was financially um, attached to the Bucks, it was a very disappointing for me <laughs> what happened in five games. But as a sports fan, you know I, I always say this, Andy. I root for overtime all the time. Always root for overtime in any sport because that means you get more sport. And I always root for a playoff in golf because that means you get more golf. Um, but this was – it was a very satisfying way to watch basketball in for the Bucks because Butler was so good. And, you know, I know you made this comp, and I know we're going to talk about these NBA player comps with, with golfers, but, you know, the Jimmy Butler-Brooks one is so smart because, you know, like Jimmy Butler is a top six dude – in the NBA when the playoffs start. And I'm going to make this argument. I think Draymond's a top 10 guy in the playoffs. Like, I think of all the players in the NBA, Draymond is a top 10 guy when playoff time comes around because of what he's able to do, you know, off the stat sheet and things like that. And it was exciting to see a guy that, you know, stepped up and basically carried his team to this big upset. Yeah. I uh, I mean, it's it, what Jimmy Jimmy talks about the sixteen game season, and that's that's Brooks in the majors. It's the four, you know, sixteen. It's a major golf is sixteen rounds, and the playoffs is uh, you know you gotta get sixteen wins. So it's it's funny how how that uh, that works out. So hey, listen, it's a slow week in golf. We've got we've got the women at Wilshire. We've got the the men in Mexico. We've got uh, we've got the live boys down in Singapore. This is going to be a uh, this could be a little bit different pod. We're both NBA nuts. We're in the height of uh, of NBA basketball and, and parlaying off the the Brooks Jimmy comp. We're doing NBA golfer player comps. I I'm so thrilled to do this. I had so much fun putting it together. I I put together way too many, and then we're going to do some golf advice at the end. So this is a little bit different. This is uh this is gonna be a fun pod though. I'm I'm excited for it. Shane, I'll let you lead off. 
give me give me your uh give me your your NBA uh golfer first NBA golfer comp. Okay, so um I've heard this Jordan Spieth staff comp for years, and I really do think it comes down to Under Armour. I, I don't really actually think there's much in terms of a comp between those two people as players. So I'm going to lead off with Jordan Spieth. All right. And I'm going to go with uh, two-time NBA, NBA MVP, the Joker, the Jokic man, Jokic. Um, I think Spieth and Jokic are very similar, okay? Listen, it doesn't always look the prettiest, Andy, when you watch it. But it's awesome to watch. He feels like he makes everybody around him better. You know, you see him play in these team events. And even with Michael <laughs> Greller at times, Greller can look a little bit grumpy. Speed kind of brings him up at times. Um, the skill sets are impressive across the board. Jordan might have a bit, a bit of a, defe- you know, a, a deficiency in the driving aspect, but incredible ball striker, great short game. Um, just fun to watch play golf. And to me, Jokic is fun to watch play basketball. So my first comp there. Jordan Spieth, the Joker. All right. Well, I'll go with Spieth. I got I got a different Spieth comp. I've got a different Joker comp too. So we'll we'll just start there. Um, Spieth, I've got him pegged as Russell Westbrook. Ooh. The ball could go literally anywhere at any time. <laughs> you you don't know what Russell Westbrook's gonna do when he has the ball. You have no clue. Everybody is holding their breath at all times. Obviously, MVP player so i don't think this is disrespectful in terms of greatness the guy averaged a triple double (laughs) um he's also been garbage at times he's trained for nothing at multiple times and now like this last week he was scoring 30 a game in the playoffs and impacting at every level it's just a wild and crazy career the two of them that's who i have there and then just to keep this going uh, with with Jokic, you've obviously already explained Jokic. Great all around player. Can look a little awkward at times. Not clean. Oh goodness! So I got Scheffler for him. Big guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just I like that. Like you know, you you watch him and you're kind of like, is he is he really that good? And then you're like, well, yeah, he is really that good. When you watch it closely, you're like, holy shit! I can't believe how good he is. So I mean, since we're just kind of piggybacking because. My my one issue with Jordan is Westbrook is Jordan Spieth, in my opinion, is probably the most beloved young player in golf outside of maybe Rory, okay? And Russell Westbrook, I would say, is probably not a person that I would consider very beloved by any real fan base. I think the Thunder, I think fan, fan, I think Thunder fans love him because of the loyalty. I, I would agree with that. That's a fair point. I think Thunder fans like Russ, um, and I think Clipper fans probably like Russ with the way he played in the playoffs and kind of, you know, I mean, it goes back to the two dudes that are leading your team are not playing in these games, you, and this guy's busting his tail in these playoff games, every, right? Everybody can talk themselves into Spieth and Westbrook. Every fan base <laughs> talks themselves into Russell Westbrook. And every golf tournament, you talk yourself into speed. He could win here. It's not that demanding off the tee. It's not that long. I've said that about Oak Hill a hundred times already, Andy, that he's basically going to win this PGA um, coming up. Here's my, I know we're doing modern players, okay? But I went a little off the beaten path with Russell Westbrook. And I think this one's pretty good. I think you're going to like this All one. Right. I have Russ Westbrook as VJ Singh. <laughs> Okay, never, never going to get the proper respect they deserve. VJ was incredible in his prime. He was incredible against prime late, Tiger Woods. Both late bloomers. 
late bloomers and you know Russ Westbrook wins an MVP in the height of power of LeBron and Durant and all and Steph and all these players right Russ is the guy that wins the MVP they work incredibly hard at their games and we don't quite see it and they both have one major hole in their game VJ was always putting and Russ is obviously shooting and so I feel like outside of that athletically they're both kind of similar you know VJ was a really big strong dude he hit the ball a mile I feel like Russ and VJ have maybe slightly more similarities than I see with, with your Jordan Spieth Russ comp. All right, all right. I you know I didn't know we could go back in time. I, in that in that vein, I'll go with another player from that era that's still playing. I got I got Phil and Kevin Durant <laughs> consistently the second or third best player of an entire generation. Very weird with the media. And it has teamed up with the wrong people at times. You know, trusting really James Harden, one. trusting Kyrie Irving, bad on his legacy. Just like, you know, Phil might have teamed up with the wrong guys. You know, I was I I had a really hard time with two people here, Andy. I had a hard time with Phil and I had a hard time with Steph. I was really thinking about those two people in particular. I love this Phil Mickelson one. I think it's brilliant. I have um, Durant and Scheffler are my comps um, just because, I mean, again, I think, you know, young, dominant, very, very skilled across the board. Durant's like 34 Uh, now. Right, I know, I know, I know, and I mean, you know, I mean, you probably are, are go, you. If we had to say something about Kevin Durant, it'd probably be past their prime. But I think you're Phil Durant's better. I, I think that's better than Scheffler Durant. And um, you know what? Both probably spend too much time on social media, right? Yeah. Like they probably are on social a little too much, and at times it's probably not been the best thing for them. So again, Phil I probably, think you can go Phil deeper, probably deeper has into a burner this. too. No, probably he probably <laughs> does. Come on, come on. You don't think Phil? You don't? Th- I mean, Phil's responded to tweets by you before in some capacity on some account. I'm sure of it. What do you got next? Oh, I got one of my favorite ones. We were just talking about the Bucks. I, I you know what, Andy? I haven't seen your list. I don't know what your list looks like. I think we might have this the same. This All is right. this is my whatever sponsor sponsoring this podcast lock of the sponsors the club TFE the, today the the club TFE lock of and this the ping, pod and the ping both, putting lab that you're recording and the from. ping lab in the background that's right <laughs> all right I got Giannis you have Giannis on yours Do you, have I, you Giannis know, I think we probably have the same thing here um, I don't have Giannis as this but I think it's probably the same type of comp. Um, if I if I had to guess, I didn't actually do Giannis. I have Giannis as John Rom. Okay, I had I had Embiid, and the the whole premise is just complete force of nature. Big boy has kind of worked into their bodies yeah. to produce this incredible ability to close things out. Obviously, Giannis notwithstanding this last series, but also Giannis was hurt. He had the back issue. Um, I like to listen to him talk. I like to watch him play. I respect the hell out of what they do, both on and off the court um, and on and off the golf course. And to me, I feel like the the sky is still the limit for both of these players. Like, if I said to you, is Giannis going to win over under two and a half championships, what do you think you'd go with? Would you go over under? Uh, probably over. Yeah, same. I don't know. I mean, though. I think if I... He's like... <laughs> that's hard. It's a great over under. Like what's Rom's over under? If I said four and a half majors, what you, what are you taking? I think I'd go over. Yeah. So again, I think a similar vein in that regard. Where I think when we look at these modern players and you think about ceilings, 
I feel like John Rahm's ceiling currently, and I mean, obviously we're coming off the Masters, so it makes sense to be thinking like this, but I think coming off the Masters win, two majors, two different majors, and obviously playing as good as anybody in the world, I feel like the, there's 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 a, a huge ceiling for both of these people. And if the Bucks maybe bring in one or two more people over the next couple of years, it could be another championship or two for the Bucks. It's uh, they need a new coach. I think is uh, was okay. one thing that was quite illuminated last night. <laughs> hey, I've got a silly one for you. Can I throw this at yeah. you? Uh, Patrick Cantlay is Kyle Anderson. Slow mo, <laughs> slow mo. <laughs> I love Jumper it. Jumper always takes a minute. Takes a minute. It's effective. It works good. Does his job. But I got pant. I got Cantlay as Kyle Anderson. I, I gotta. I gotta. You know. I think it's a little bit disrespectful to Cantlay's game. Um, you're, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so I, agree. I. I tried to typecast. I tried to. You know. Um, for him, I had two different ones that I was workshopping. I uh, okay. I asked a an NBA insider. I said, "Can you? Is there anybody that's like very tone deaf and uh, deliberate in their in their ways about you know their work?" And he said, "Of course, that's Spencer Dinwiddie." <laughs> Can't lay a Spencer Dinwiddie. The other, I mean, the other. I would comp, not gone there. That's pretty good. The other comp is uh, Debar Derozan. Great regular season stats, like you know. But then, you know, you get into the majors, the playoffs, and it just doesn't quite work as well as it does in the majors. The style, uh, you know, I think DeMar's probably like, he, I'm a fan of DeMar because he's on my team that I root for. But I could imagine like he's always falling down. You know, it probably bothers the shit out of people. The mid-range game. But the, but the big game history is just bad. The big game history, it does not look good. And uh, that could be another comp. I'll throw I'll throw a silly one at you um, here. Um, let's go. Actually, it, this is a submission from Philip Johnson. It was on Twitter. It was too good. Okay. Trey Trey Young is Victor Hovland. Tons of media attention. Star player is an amateur. Has shown some flashes in big events, but hasn't done anything significant, and also has clear deficiencies. <laughs> Listen, that who sent that? What was the guy's name? Philip Johnson. Well, Philip Phillips is way more detailed than me. I went Victor Hovland as uh, Kyle Kuzma, not afraid to wear anything <laughs> and wear any color. I, I just feel like uh, Kuzma, you know, if you Google image Kuzma's outfits, wear into the game, uh, they could be any style, any color, any pattern, and he's going to rock it. Um, but I mean, I think I think if you were getting a little more honest in the comps, I think that comp for Victor Hovland is way better. Here, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with one. The, I hope this isn't demeaning. I hope this isn't offensive to you know who's a Listen, someone. This someone, is supposed to be fun, everybody. We're having fun with this. <laughs> so someone that's your friend. I've got Laurie Markkinen as Max Homa. Everyone, G- every, give me give me the explanation. I, I I'm a Bulls fan. He comes, everybody's excited. Everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to be really good. Everybody thought he was going to be really good coming out. Then they weren't like great. You know, they had struggles. And now like Laurie Markkinen's great. One of the most improved player. And like, he's really come on strong. And he's like, you know, I, I think when people look at like best assets in the league, he's probably on the list. Like, is, is he a fringe all-star now? I think or is he, he was is an he- all-star. He made the all-star team this year, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's actually a pretty decent comp because, you know, you think about Max out of college, as you said, 
I mean, he was celebrated. He was coming in as hot as anybody, mm-hmm. you know, in in amateur golf, and it didn't go his way early, and then it's turned around. And I mean, I'd say making a President's Cup team, a Ryder Cup team, and making an All-Star team are probably similar in that vein across the board here, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's a good comp. I, I was trying to find somebody, like it's hard with the NBA, like there aren't a lot of like journeys, right, to stardom. Right. It's usually like the guys are really good right away. <laughs> you know, it's not necessary. And that was the one that like jumped off the page to me that matched Max's uh, Max's career kind of. Um, hey, what about a Jose Maria Olafable as Hakeem Olajuwon? <laughs> Do you think about that? Like that a lot. <laughs> they they mentor the young people. People don't for they forget how good they were. But when they t- when you talk about them, you know you like like when other players and modern players talk about their skill and ability, that's so glowing. Yeah, and it's like this way. This guy was the best in the world at this specific skill. I was thinking about Jose Maria Olafable as Hakeem Olajuwon last night for. Maybe an hour, Andy. I mean, this is why doing this is so great. But yeah, I was I was really honed in on that. And obviously, you know, coming off the Masters win and him being there at eighteen, uh, he's fresh on the brain. Um, how about uh, Poulter, Ian Poulter as Pat Bev? <laughs> Sucks most of the time. <laughs> randomly pisses you off every now and then in a series for Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good pretty good i had i had polter's uh, robert ori on mine so he's really good really good laden in team environments and uh he's just the type of player that can push you over the edge but maybe pat bev is maybe pat bev is funnier i think that's pretty funny <laughs> um I, you know what we haven't mentioned this name yet and 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 again this could be one we have the same i've got lebron as rory mcelroy all right uh, lebron here, james LeBron James is Roy McIlroy. Both possess physical abilities that aren't teachable, right? I mean, the way that LeBron dominated the first, what, 15 years of his career by, by brute strength and power. And obviously, he has an amazing you know skill set in terms of vision and basketball IQ, much like Rory, I think, has very high golf IQ. Um, this thing isn't learned. Uh, both had incredible expectations at a very, very young age. And I would say... Both have lived up and surpassed those expectations. I mean, remember uh, Jerry betting on Rory to win the Open yeah. by what, the age of 25, right? Wasn't that what it was? Mm-hmm. And he does it. Um, and both are always going to be compared to someone that is impossible to live up to. LeBron with MJ and obviously Rory with Tiger. So I have LeBron as Rory McIlroy. All right. I, I, you know, I didn't do LeBron. I kind of figured if I was, if it was modern and modern, I would go with Tiger. I don't think that needs much more. Like Tiger would be either Jordan or, or LeBron for me. That that's my, my fit. I had Rory and Steph, um, together, obviously likability factor off the charts. And then there's a normal person factor with both of them where like, it's just like, you know, normal, normal human being, like, you know, Rory's not that big. Like, you know, it's the Steph's a smaller guy, and uh, and then obviously like immense talent. Obviously, like they they are they have that, but then it's like yeah, they're they're also freaks of nature. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, here's one for you. I got Clayton. Andy, Andy, Andy. One second. I think that you're right on that. I think the Rory Steph comp is better than Rory Lebron. Now that I hear you make that point, I think you're right here. Um. Here's one. We'll go with Steph's teammate, Clay Thompson. I've got him. I've got him as uh, Adam Scott. 
Oh my God, same. Con- same. Our first agreeable one. It's amazing. Consummate amazing. Per- professional. Everyone seemingly loves them. They're both a little bit past their prime, but absolutely beautiful to watch them do their respective crafts. And they also are uh, like their best, best time is behind them. I also wrote down they both love the water because Adam that's Scott true. loves to surf and Clay <laughs> loves the boat. So I just wrote they both love water at the end. But yeah, that's really funny. I, I had Adam Scott as Clay Thompson as well. That makes me very happy. Um, I've got Justin Thomas as Booker. Thoughts oh, on, I on had JT him, as Booker. I had him as Booker too, and then I switched him. Okay. Um, I think they're your favorite golfer's favorite golfer, like your favorite basketball player's favorite basketball player. Score a ton, a lot of different moves, a lot of different ways to score, a uh, lot of different abilities. Who do you have for JT? Um, let me, I, I switched him to Jason Tatum. And okay. I have, like, if you catch Jason Tatum on the right night, you're like, there's nobody better at basketball in the world. And I think that's the way I feel about JT a lot of times, like Sunday at the players that he won. Like you watch it and you're just like, how does this guy ever lose? But then you catch him on the wrong day and you're like, wait, like what's everybody talking about? This guy's an MVP candidate. And and like you see this with Tatum in the playoffs. It's like one night he's great. One night he scores 10 points on like and it's just this variability. But I had Booker uh, as as my first one before I switched it to Tatum. So I'm completely on board with either of these. Andy, I have. um easily the biggest difference in terms of sizing and weight of our list okay. to this point. Do you want to hear it? Yes. All right. Will Zalatoris and Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> You're going with the putting and the free thrust? Every part of the game is next level elite. You go watch Prime Shaq. When you watch Prime Shaq, it, it actually doesn't even look like a real basketball player anymore because he was like Embiid's size and Giannis's speed. You know, it's crazy to watch him. But yeah, the free throws always just... I don't even know if you'd consider it holding him back. And I don't think the putting has necessarily held Will Zalatoris back. I mean, look what he did over the majors last season. He came so close to winning a couple of them. But it's just there. It's just a slight little factor that they both have to live with. So I did do Zalatoris. I, I like that. I like that. Um, I've got, here's one for you. I've got DJ as James Harden. Crazy talent. Really good. Really good. (laughs) And DJ also might have his jersey retired at a few clubs like Harden. (laughs) That's that might be your best one yet. DJ is James Harden is really good. Like, like amazing talent. I mean, you know, like they ooze talent, right. And what their abilities to do. Um, uh, I've got a, I've got Anthony Kim as Brandon Roy. Okay, I like that. I love yeah. Brandon. I, Brandon Roy was incredible. That's like so I, sad. I, Brandon Roy was one of my favorite players ever, and I feel like the legacy of both those people have grown over time since they've departed their sport. So I like AK as Brandon Roy. All right, how about this one? Uh, Jalen Brunson is Fitzy. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get a Jalen Brunson one on the, on the NBA golf calls, but I really I like it. Way too many. They're all stars. They're both all stars. Way better than people think or know. Just doesn't look the part. It's just, they just bring it and beat you. I mean, it's. I, I think that's perfect. That's. I think that's a perfect one. Um, I've got a Jason Day as Anthony Davis. Oh, me um, too. One cha- 
one championship each, injuries his entire career. You're terrified. Considered- terrified when Jason Day grimaces or when Anthony Do- Davis falls down. It's just yeah, like the yeah, worst ab- thing that you can see. Absolutely. Scares you scares you to death. Um, And I've got a jaw is Cam Champ. I love that. Um, absolutely insane physical ability, but need to maybe sharpen up the other stuff. I, I think like it might be... A little bit it's disrespectful to Jaw. Disrespectful to Jaw. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you. I'm sorry, Jaw. I love you. I want to buy your jersey. How about Chase Kepka as the Nassus? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows why he's there. It's <laughs> really good. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, when we're getting it, we're getting into twelfth men. This is this is when you know we're really rocking and rolling. Hey, I've, I've got one for you. Um, how about Grayson Murray as Grayson Allen? <laughs> I've got a Grayson Just, Allen one, but I do love this one. <laughs> Grayson Murray as Grayson Allen. Everybody my only question is, is: Has poor F played golf with Allen? Is my only question. <laughs> so I've got Grayson Allen as Pat Reed, booed by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey when hey when the grace and allen shot happened on was that wednesday yeah when he shot it too late for the buzzer i got more texts from people that don't watch nba just cheering it than i got for any buzzer beater or the butler shot or anything like that like people cannot stand grace and allen yeah. guy trips someone gets caught and just keeps doing it just like Pat by the way, I'm running low. I'm looking through my list and seeing if I have anything I haven't hit yet. I got all right. I got Cam Young as Ant Man, uh, Anthony Edwards, <laughs> just like freaks that you love watching and you know it's it's coming, but it just hasn't happened yet. And you just like you're just like oh my god, like you watch them and you're like oh my god, right? Like th- th- those are two guys that are going to be on a lot of like teams and all star teams over the next ten years. All right, I'll keep running through some rapid fire here. Um, Kyrie is Bryson. I don't think I need to explain this. Like, you get him in yep, front of yep, a mic, yep. and uh, just bad things happen for both of them. And, and also, also, as I go back to this all the time, when they're playing, yeah, it's so fun to watch. Like, Kyrie's one of the most fun guys to watch play basketball in the universe, and Bryson is one of the most fun people when he's playing well to watch dissect a golf course. You don't know if either of them want to do what they do either. Like, you know, <laughs> Kyrie Kyrie talks about how he doesn't want to be a basketball player, and Bryson right. is, is maybe doesn't want to be a professional golfer. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, Andy, real quick, not, not a sidebar here on Bryson, but has there been a golfer since you've really been paying attention to golf, that's abilities have gone from what Bryson's was, what was that, two years ago? What was what was Bay Hill? Yeah, I mean, it, it was 2021, right? Okay, so, so, so just over two years ago to what we're seeing now, where he was literally the talk of golf. He was the toast of the town in terms of this sport. I mean, he was, Rory, like, chased distance because of him. Right. He was like making people contemplate changing the way they play. And uh, yeah, now, now completely irrelevant. That was one of my big takeaways from from uh, the Masters. I, c- I just can't believe how irrelevant Bryson is at this point. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really honestly like as a golf fan, it's a bummer because Bryson made 
it more entertaining. And like kind of going back to the comps for a moment, like think about Kyrie on those Cavs teams. Like think about how freaking special he was face to face with Steph, face to face with Clay, you know, going up against the one of the best teams of all time and hitting these jumpers in people's faces. And, you know, like you think about Bryson and Wingfoot, if you're going to make the Warriors comp for a minute, you know, Wingfoot was supposed to be this golf course that wasn't, wasn't overpowerable, right? Yeah. And Bryson just overpowered it. And like the Warriors were unbeatable and Kyrie and LeBron beat them. It's uh yeah, it's it's a great comp. It's uh it's it's I'll I'll uh I'll run through these. I got one more top flight player one, and then I got a bunch of fun ones. So okay. Donovan Mitchell as uh Xander Shoffley. You know, I almost went with this, Andy. I, I literally was, I was, this is who I was thinking of. I didn't write it down, but I was thinking about this last night. You, you know, both are really, really good, but they both really haven't done anything of like super significance, right. right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's very fair. And like, and when you watch them play, like when you watch Donovan play, you're shocked at how fast he is and how easily he gets to the hoop and how good of a shooter is he is. When you watch Xander play, I remember, I think we had Xander maybe on Thursday at the Masters. You know, we had him on one of our featured groups. And he played great. Every Thursday. shot looks like it's perfect. Every shot looks like he's, it can't go bad. It looks like he can't make a bad golf swing. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, I mean, I feel like one of the things with him too is like he had so many close calls early. He hasn't really had a close call recently. Right. Um, All right. I got Al Horford as Matt Kuchar. Never great, (laughs) but really good and just keeps cashing checks every year. I love it. I love that. Might be slightly disrespectful to Al Horford, but actually I'm not really sure which way it goes there. I mean, you know, I mean, you could probably make an argument both ways. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Al Horford was an all-star for a number of years, but Matt Kuchar was a Ryder Cupper for a number of years. Yep, you're totally right. But like right. never, ever reached like the elite of the game. Like, you know. Did 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 Kuchar win a players? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I got Ricky and Zach Levine. So much hype, <laughs> so much peer love, but at the end of the day, just not very good at basketball. It's fair. I think it's very fair. And I mean, I know Zach Levine is not your favorite basketball player per se, just for what's been going on on your team. But, you know, I mean, I think if you look at him play, you're like, I, I like this guy. Yes. You know, I like him. I like Ricky. Easy to root for. Just uh, maybe a, maybe the ceiling's an eight out of ten. Um, Pat Perez is Dylan Brooks. That's great. Last, That's great last guy who should be talking shit. Like... <laughs> Just don't say anything. It's better if you say nothing at all, right? I mean, yeah. that's a very good call. Like, like you know, Pepper is a solid player. Dill Brooks, solid player. But, yep. like, maybe maybe shouldn't be lobbing grenades every chance they get. You know, when, when you go after the big... Here's my question. How many times in sports history has a relatively middling star player gone after a super duper star and it's worked out in their favor. Cause I feel like it never works out. Like Stephen Ames never worked out. Right. I mean, Pat Perez, I mean, Phil saying, you know, I can bomb it past tiger and all this stuff. Like didn't quite work out in his favor. I just feel like when you go after the super duper stars, it's always going to end poorly for you because they're super duper stars and you're not. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right. I got Deandre Jordan as a baby walrus. Kevin Sadler. <laughs> I got to hear this. So go ahead. DeAndre doesn't really play much anymore. He doesn't play every game, 
So baby, baby, walrus doesn't get in every week. But then when he gets in, you're you're shocked, and you're like, "Wait, how how is this guy in the game?" <laughs> Do you know what team DeAndre Jordan plays for? I can't. I can't remember. I know he's still in the league, though. I wonder how many. I'm looking this up. I want to see how many jerseys he has next to his basketball reference page. It's gotta be how many teams do you think he's played? It's for? all is- like it's all in the last five years too. He's been on like ten teams. <laughs> um, he is currently on the Nuggets. <laughs> I would not have got that. I would not have got that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams, including the Nuggets in 2023. And just to keep this going. Um, averaged 5.1 points a game this year to DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Baby, baby, I mean, at one point, Baby Walrus was a good player, just like DeAndre Jordan. Not so much now. <laughs> um, all right. we. I got Tony Finau as Paul George. Man, I really had a hard time with Tony Finau. That's a good one. I was really trying to come up with somebody for Tony, and I couldn't think of one. It's great you have him, and you're like, yeah. Like, if you pick. Tony Fidal for a major. It's like, yeah, like I'm in this majors draft where, you know, you draft out 64 guys effectively. And if you get a pick and you get Finau, you're like, all right, I got Finau. But what does it really do for you? <laughs> See, but I mean, I think he's going to win a major, though. See, that's the thing. Well, is you like, think I, Paul George could win a championship? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But maybe maybe like a late, late career you know, seventh or eighth guy off the bench. But I think we've seen at this point, it's not going to happen as one or two. But like, I mean, remember when he went toe to toe with LeBron in those Pacers series when he was young? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. that's the thing. You watch feed out. You're like, oh my God, like this guy's got everything. Uh, but I, I just, just, I just, I feel like I, I feel like Tony's going to win a major soon. I'm really on this. Tony's going to win a major sooner than later train right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be aboard. All right. I got Keegan Bradley as Drew Holiday. They're both both kind of annoying. Like you watch, like if I if I think about like who I would least want to have guard me in basketball, it'd be Drew Holiday. Like he's always shoving, pushing. He's super physical. Um, they've also like been around forever. For total, Drew totally Holiday is like just like people don't realize he's like thirty four or thirty five, and it's like whoa, like you know they're both very underrated. Like when they when you rattle off like. And then, like, Drew's shot is, like, unwatchable sometimes. Yeah, like, totally It's agree. like yep. some days it goes in, some days it's just horrendous. And that's just like Keegan Bradley's putting. Did Keegan win that PGA? Was that 2011? Yes. God. I mean, that's, like, pre this era of all the superstars. And he's still around. Yes. So, last one. And then we're done with this. We'll go to golf advice. I got Rudy Gobert as Terrell Hatton cantankerous Europeans who just seem like they're perpetually in a bad mood on, on the court or on the course. I, I, the only issue with this is I love Tyrrell Hatton yes. and I'm not sure there's a lot of NBA fans that say they love Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I think this is where it kind of falls. I just wanted to catch, I wanted to get like the on court demeanor. Right. Totally, 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 totally. Yes. And I mean, again, I think on that, I think in that perspective, it does align, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, Tyrrell Hatton's like my top five favorite people to watch play golf because you never know what you're going to get, you know? Um, all right. That does it for that. Um, we are going to go to uh, golf advice. Are you, you've, you've never been on for golf advice, have you? I have not. All right. We got, we got uh, some emails. I looked through these. It was a quick search through here. 
Uh, let's go to Je- uh, dress like an average guy from Jeremy. Obviously, if you want to okay. send these in, sgsgolfadvice at gmail.com. Um, we'll get to them. Uh, and we'll do maybe one of these days, we'll do a big all golf advice uh, um, e- email uh, episode. Hello, guys. I'm really needing some help here. My wife does most of the shopping in the house, she buys my clothes. Most of the time, without asking me my opinion for the most part. And she always has done a great job. Lately, she's been on a big Under Armour kick while making purchases. I told her I needed a few, a few new golf shirts for an upcoming trip. So last week, she was so excited when the new order hit the, order hit the front porch. When I got home from work, she asked me to try on the new shirt she had purchased. And I was excited until I opened the box. Guys, I cannot wear the shirts Jordan Spieth wears weekly. <laughs> so do I tell my wife to send the shirts back or look like Jordan in a 275-pound frame on my golf trip? Note, all the shirts are two solid colors that are hideous. You know, this is an age thing, Andy. I think I think as you get older, you know, you you a start to understand what style you like to wear. One of my rules in just wearing golf clothes is you're allowed to wear one loud thing. If it's your shirt, awesome. But that's the only loud thing you're allowed to wear. So if your shoes are loud, your hat's loud, your belt's loud, whatever, that's fine. It might not be my style, but I think it's allowed. But in this case, to this question, I would say maybe you tell the wife, hey, honey, this just isn't my style. This isn't the way I like to, this isn't what I'm going to wear. I want to go more solid. You're way too kind. What, what do you say? I'd say to Jeremy, how about... You do your own shopping. <laughs> well, I guess I guess if we're going to get at the core of this, that's probably a fair way to start. But I mean, you know, like a lot, like a lot of people don't like to buy clothes, and so I mean, it's an it's an excuse, and I don't like I don't think it's probably the right way to go, especially if you're going to you know complain about somebody buying your clothes for you. But yeah, I mean, I guess. It, rule one would be buy your own clothes. And rule two is if you're not going to buy your own clothes, then maybe just tell your wife. And I would also say this. If you're going to do this to your wife and tell her that maybe this isn't your style, you need to present her with some images of clothes you would like, wear. Like Pedratti. Yep. There you go. Is that sponsor this one? But like give her give her like a what – what are those? Pinterest board? Like give her a look of what you actually would wear. Here's a shirt I like. Here's a brand I like. At least give her some leeway because she obviously doesn't have that if you're A, already complaining about the brand and B, complaining about the look. Yeah, absolutely. You have no leg to stand on as a complaint. Your wife bought you something because you're lazy. (laughs) All right. Golf clothes. Andy bought you golf clothes. Like. I could, I mean, I, I understand maybe buying you like a dress shirt or a nice sweater that she saw at the mall, but like you can buy your own golf (laughs) shirt. You know what you want to wear. All right. (laughs) Yeah. He, he put golf shirts. I assume she maybe isn't a golfer. You put the task of golf shirts on your wife. Like how lazy are you? Just go online and buy them. They're not, it's not, it's not hard at all. What what if this guy's favorite golfer is Jordan Spieth? And this is actually his wife listening to him about, oh man, Jordan Spieth's your favorite golfer. Obviously, you like those shirts. She probably anyway, put a lot ahead. of thought into it. You're right. This I is agree. probably probably a true thing. Like, who does he like? He likes Jordan Spieth. <laughs> I think he put looking like an average guy, which just like warmed my heart. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Looking like an average guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, was, that was the subject of the email. I like. That All right, hundred hole hike advice needed. I think you're being mm. good. You're a good person for this. This one. I've done. I've done one of these before. All right, perfect. This is great. Josh Hafkin. Um, I recently signed up for the hundred hole hike benefiting the National Links Trust on June 12th in Washington D.C. It's a great organization. I'm excited to take on this challenge. I completely agree. This is a great organization. Great cause for a hundred hole hike. However, I feel a bit in the dark about what I got myself into. I'm relatively new to taking golf seriously. I've played a fair amount, but the most I've ever played in a day is 18 holes. So oh my, my questions for both of you are, <laughs> what are the most holes you've ever played in a day? What advice do you have for someone about to embark on a 100-hole challenge? Okay, so I, I did the hundred hole hike a few years ago with Tom Coyne. Um, ours was at the Ocean Course at uh, Olympics, so that's a par three course. So I want I want to make sure you understand that oh, wasn't gosh. a full golf course. Still a hundred holes. Um, advice number one is you need to carry. If it's a full golf course, I'd say carry five clubs. That's all you're going to carry. You carry a three wood, carry a five iron, carry a seven iron, carry a wedge, you carry your putter. That is the maximum amount of clubs you want to have. Number two. Bring another pair of shoes and bring multiple pairs of socks to change into and find like a centralized area that you're going to be passing by a lot. So if there's like if the sixth hole and the 14th hole are right next to each other, make that kind of your station and that can be where you kind of change in and out of stuff. And I would say start extremely early, like the moment the sun comes up, begin and don't drink until it's over. There were some guys that were drinking during the hundred hole hike we did. That sounds it's awful. just a bad idea. Wait, wait, wait till the end. Just wait till you finish. It takes so much longer than you think it's going to take you. And so I would say, don't wear golf shoes. Wear as comfortable tennis shoes as you have. And I would bring another pair of shoes to change into just to kind of keep your feet uh, a thinking. But the key is the as few amount of clubs as you can put in a bag over your shoulder. The most holes I've played in a day is fifty four. Um, it was it was it was long. I'm like, I'm really not, I, I don't, I, I think this is probably something that you probably feel too, is like when I think 36 holes and we do 36 holes in our events, but we do alternate shot in the afternoon, which makes it feel more like 27. But when I think 36 holes, I think of like USAM qualifying, which are like yep. some of the gruel, it's always in August. It's always scorching hot. It's just like this, just grind of a day, long rounds. So, like, what, just general advice when you're going to be out on the course all day. Take it easy the night before. Get super hydrated. Like, get to sleep early. You got to You gotta be, like, you got to have your energy. Because, like, the thing I think that could happen on the golf course when you've been on the golf course for too long is you're, you get a little bad attitude. Like, that's the thing that can seep in. You could get, you know, just down on your luck. I imagine that probably could happen in the 100-hole hike. You're like, I can't believe we're up at hole 63 like i have to play 37 more holes um so i would say that would be one of my pieces of advice i agree with shane with the with the number of clubs i would say don't don't take practice swings yep because you don't hit balls don't hit like just do not take practice swings i'd also wonder like about like one of those like the I don't know. I'd lay down a lot. I'd just conserve your energy early. <laughs> I would lay down a lot. We did like one club, you know, for like nine holes, you know, again, depending on what the golf course looks like that you're playing, but just carry like one golf club, you know, and just putted with it and everything like that. I mean, it's not about the score, right? It's about just completing the task. Um, but I agree with you. 
you know, rest the night before, try to come in as good as you can feel, drink a ton of water before you start. Um, and don't, you know, don't try to get cute. I, it's funny you said the 63rd hole. Cause I think that was right around Andy when I was like, had a little bit of a mental breakdown. I was like, Oh my gosh, we have that many holes left. And it was, we'd been on the golf course for so long. It's, I can't, I hundred holes is insane. It's just so much golf. Um, here we go. Uh, broken bone could mean broken friendship. Gosh. As the golf season starts in the Midwest, I'm already in a bit of a pickle regarding my July member guest. This question involves two friends. Let's call them Gordy and Woozy. Gordy is a friend who suggested I start golfing 10 years ago to whom I'll always be grateful. Woozy is a friend from grad school slash early career who is someone I've used as a measuring stick as I've improved. I asked Gordy to be my guest for the 2023 event uh, for the 2023's event. And he enthusiastically accepted. However, uh, after our first deposit paid, Gordy suffered a severe leg fracture requiring rods and screws to correct. Tough break for Gordy. Sorry, Gordy. That stinks. (laughs) While Gordy is feeling optimistic about returning to a golf cart by late July, I'm a little bit more hesitant. I think that's that's probably a good thing. So I asked Woozy, who enthusiastically said yes as well, are a buying airfare for the weekend. While I take my golf more seriously than I should, I'm not eyeing an event win. So the choice is not a matter of who is the better partner. And I know I'd have a fun time with both. It just makes me feel guilty to add even slightly to Gordy's disappointments by saying, I'm thinking of taking Woozy instead. I mean, it seems like Woozy's already coming. Yeah. I mean, he's already on a flight. <laughs> um, I mean, this this goes back to the lack of communication in current society. Like, talk to your buddy Gordy before you freaking tell the dude to fly in for something this other guy's already sent his money in. And this guy's injured. This is probably the only thing Gordy's looking forward to all summer long. And you got another dude flying in. Come on. What are we doing here? Do I take the much sure thing? With a currently healthy partner, or do I roll the dice and have a friend come out, even if he can't post a score? In He's already coming out, Andy. He's already coming out. So the last part of that email is just false. Already coming out. Already bought his plane ticket. I mean, you have to say something to Gordy at this point. You got you got to play with Gordy, Andy. You got to play with <laughs> Gordy, man. This guy's gone through rods in his legs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You got to play with them. You already said you don't care if you're going to win or not. So, like, that's so either, detrimental to a friend. It seems like either way, he's disappointing someone, which is an amazing situation to get in. Well, I mean, you got to call the dude that's flying. What's the woozy, the guy woozy. that's flying in? Yeah, you got to call woozy and explain the situation to him. But maybe you can't kick this Gordy guy what, down. Maybe he takes himself out of it and lets woozy play with Gordy. Hey, you know what? Here, I'll throw this out there. It, it, who's the guy that wrote this? What's his name? We'll just leave them anonymous. I don't want... Okay, anonymous. Anonymous golfer guy. Double invite guy. Um, if, if if you ditch Gordy, your friend that's got rods in his legs and is only looking forward to this member guest <laughs> is his only hope in life, I might invite Gordy to play my member guest with me because the guy needs something. He needs something <laughs> positive. He needs something good in his life. And that is, this, this guy is injured. He can't walk. He, you know, he's probably grinding for this. He's probably, he's probably gearing up for it in July. I think I think you gotta you, you gotta you gotta refund your your woozy buddy and and get Gordy out there and and see how it goes. All right. He also had included a PS. 
This is a previous golf advice. I just got to this. I don't know if you were listening to this episode, but he had a, a situation at his club about a cool guy who always forgot his name. I didn't hear that. So, so like, there's this guy that perpetually forgets his name. And then he blatantly called him an incorrect name in passing, the cool guy, what to do. So he, he's got more more evidence about the cool guy that doesn't remember anybody's name. He said, turns out he routinely calls golf pros and the staff the incorrect names, too. So he just doesn't know anybody's name. So he is now committed to just calling the guy the wrong name going forward, even if he does it. I kind of like that. I do, too. I'm, I'm into that. I, he, he's won me back. He's won me back. All right. Well, that does it. Shane. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you want? Do you have any Mexico Open or any 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 no. relevant golf takes that you want to get out there? No, no. no. I played U.S. Open local on Monday. I saw I that. that too. I meant to bring yeah, that up. Played all right. Played all right. Played played well. My dad was on the bag, which was a lot of fun. I mean, my dad hadn't caddied for me in a decade, and so um, you know, as we get older and we have life, and I wrote a little bit about this for the newsletter on Friday, so check that out, uh, the Friday newsletter. But um, you know, the, the grind with somebody that you're like that close with, like a, a father or a buddy or, you know, Gordy or whoever, um, you know, really grinding that out is uh, is pretty awesome in golf. You know, when you're really, really like in that mode. I always found I, my dad caddy for me a lot of stuff um, and I always loved having him on the back. Um, one of the things that I as I got older, you know, it, it, I, I started to do like. I just started to sense his anxiety. Yep. From across the back. Yeah, yeah. Same. Like, and I think this is something you caddied. Like, one of the things, like when you're in a high stakes caddy situation, I I'm convinced you're more nervous than the player. Totally couldn't agree with you more. Totally. Agree and when with you're you. when you somebody's caddying for you that you're that close with, like your your father, who you know that well, you can feel their anxiety coming through and it's like sometimes i just invite you know it's gonna be okay we're gonna be all right <laughs> it's gonna be fine <laughs> it's either gonna be good or bad well andy my dad on one um played shore haven um in connecticut and, and one's this like pretty easy par five and i had a good one in the fairway and the guy we we're playing with nick who ended up qualifying hit it a little bit right in the rough and um it's like a it was like an uphill second and you can't really see the green and I went up on the top of the hill to shoot like my number. Well, they get off the green and uh, I was like, hey, Nick, I'll let you know when you're good, right? And so they get, they're walking off the green. I'm like, Nick, they're walking off. And my dad's standing there goes, they're not walking off. And I mean, I, I had seen him walk off. You know, my dad was like, they didn't walk off. This is the first hole, dude. This is all <laughs> we're, first hole we're playing. And I'm like, oh, it's good, dad. It's good. And like Nick's over there and I'm like, I'm looking at my dad and he's super stressed. And I'm like, I hope he doesn't say anything to this dude we're playing with. He's standing over the ball because my dad's seeing like another tee box behind it with people on the tee. But you're so right. Like feeling that anxiety, it's so much stronger when you're observing than when you're actually playing. It's it's nuts. It's uh it's the uh yeah, it's it, it one of my other favorite things is how like how the how in a group like you know, the players you, you interact with the players like a certain way. I always love just observing how the different caddies interact because they're like different yeah, to- people from totally different, completely different walks of life. You might have like a 16 year old 
uh, club caddy. You got a, you got your dad. Then you got like, you know, if you're playing with a 22 year old, his like college teammate, and it's just yeah. like this weird melting pot of interaction. And they don't, they don't, they either have to talk with you or they they talk with other caddies. They very rarely talk with other players. Well, I mean, like like the the you know when you're when you're professionally caddying. Everybody out there in theory knows how it goes. They know when to grab the flag. They know when to help the other player out. If like somebody's in a bunker and you got to rake it, you clean their ball. But in like an amateur event, to your point, nobody really knows the rules. So it's just complete chaos. Like nobody knows when to grab the flag from the other caddy or whatever. So uh, yeah, that's a good point. The, the observation on that side is interesting, but uh, it was fun. I mean, again, it was, I mean, I don't, I don't practice golf anymore, Andy. So going out there and not embarrassing myself is pretty much my goal. Yeah. You just, I, I you just want a chance, especially in those, like when I, I always think like, you just want to play well. If you play well, you probably have a chance. I used to always think about numbers. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the pod, but I used to always think about numbers and they just psych you out. Like when I started to have a lot of success in qualifiers was when I just like, was like, Oh, if I play well, I'm going to be probably like good. If I like, if I play really well, I'll be good. If I play okay, I'm going to be right around the number. And if I play bad, it doesn't matter. Like I'm playing bad. I'm I'm playing bad. So it's like when you start to think about that and it's like, you just want to, you just want to have a chance really. Yeah, my, my mentality that's changed kind of similar to what you said in terms of like having more success in qualifiers over the last few years is I step on every tee and I tell myself, par is great here on every tee. You know what's great score here? Par. And if you have a birdie look, roll it in. Awesome. But making a whole bunch of pars in a qualifier is not going to get you into any trouble. So um, I, instead of like firing at a flag and thinking you got to make a birdie here or there, it's like, Hit a good drive, hit a good second shot, give yourself a putt, and if you make it, you make it. You know. Well, that's the thing too is like you get freaked out when you make a couple bogeys, and it's like it's like wait, this is what every round of golf is like. You just don't know exactly. when. Like just because you get off to a slow start, I'm a perpetual slow starter. I'm a procrastinator. It makes sense that I'm a slow starter on the golf course. Usually, my back nine, front nine splits are quite drastically different. But like one of the things that I used to get freaked out. And it's just like, well, whatever. I'm, I'm probably going to make a couple bogeys today. Like, of I course. don't know when the birdies are coming. You know, the birdies come early. They might come late. They might come in the middle of the round. But I know I'm probably going to make a couple birdies if I'm playing good. Like, you know, and it's like you just it's it's just an amazing mental state that you get put in in tournament golf. Yeah, it's just so different. I, I, I really do love it. I love it more than I used to. Um, all right, and all right. I run. Um, always enjoy your time. I uh, hope the NBA comp things were good. Send us your tweets if you have one as well. Yeah, and tag I, me in I, as well. I hope because I'd like to see I it. hope that uh, non NBA fans made it. 